0: Stick around to the end of the show in about 20 minutes and I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing marketing podcasts. Let's go.
1: So today I have John Murphy of John Murphy International joining me. Good morning, John.
2: Liz, good morning to you. It is very early for you. I know you were kind enough to allow to do this when it's kind of early (laughs) afternoon for me here in France. So I appreciate that.
1: Absolutely. Well, I'm so glad that this worked out between the two time zones. Um, I know that in the south of France it's mid afternoon. What are we looking at? Yeah,
2: it's just just gone at like two o'clock, two p.m.
1: Okay, nice. So, nice. Yeah. Well, so tell me what you do at John Murphy International.
2: Well, I set up the business uh, sixteen years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I prior to that I was in the corporate world, but the and the part of the the role that i had i mean the last proper job i had was the ceo of a pan european ins- insurance group based mm-hmm. in ireland and i decided to leave because i always kind of wanted to do my own have my own business and uh, but the you know wanting to leave and then deciding what you're going to do is can be two you know two very separate questions but the part of the 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 the, the role that i always loved doing was hiring people mm. developing people coaching people and getting a team to work effectively together so, and that was such a, a huge part of my own journey in the corporate world. And so I really decided to create the business around that, which, so that's what I do. I I, I coach senior executives, I coach business owners, and and I coach leadership teams to really mm. optimize the potential of their teams. So that's what I've been doing and just been evolving that you know, as we go and even in the, you know, in this COVID times of how we can do all of it virtually. So we've been able to, to migrate that and do work with teams that mm. are, you know, dispersed and work with them virtually to really help them to be a lot more effective in terms of, you know, delivering the results, how they work together, how they function. And it's all about optimizing the potential of a team because the team mm. is not kind of some of the individual parts. It is about making sure that it's greater than that. So that's the work that we do with teams. And with, uh, you know, kind of leaders in business, it's really helping them to be more effective in the role and to get the right things done and also how to kind of coach and develop their people. So that's that's kind of in a very short way is the very, kind of my, my my area of focus.
1: Okay. And when you were transitioning, because you you left being a CEO and moved over to doing your own thing, I know you wanted to start your business, but what was some of the other reasons that you started this business?
2: Well, there was, I, I mean, I did have kind of a, there was a little bit of a crossroads for me because yeah, a couple of years before I, I left, uh, my uh, my wife uh, died very suddenly oh, so and, uh, and uh, she died at 39 And, Mm. and that was, you know, I mean, if if you're ever going to get a wake up call, that's, that's going to give you a wake up call. And Mm. to a very large extent, I was kind of doing the corporate route and there was always the justification while I'm doing it, I'm doing it for us. I'm doing it for the family and all that sort of stuff. And you're traveling around, you know, going to, you know, traveling out and, you know, doing all the things that you do in the corporate world. And of course, then when something like that happens, it makes you reevaluate. And there's nothing Mm. wrong with corporate world. It was very good to me and I enjoyed it. But I also realized that, you know what? that was a bit of a story that I was telling myself. Mm. So was I actually doing something that I really truly believed in or was I a bit more fascinated with the, you know, the, the role, the title and everything that mm. that went with it. So yeah. it really kind of came down to kind of say, well, what's, what's, what am I passionate about? What do I really want to spend my time doing? How do I want to, you know, the environment I want to work in, what do I want to spend my days doing? What, you know, what results do I want to see? So, mm. That was kind of the turning point for me. I said it wasn't that I, I got disenchanted with corporate life, but I just realized that you know, I'd enjoyed it. It was very good to me. I hope I was good to it. And, but I also realized that it was time for me to now to move on and do mm. something and to bring that knowledge because I'm very grateful for the experience and the expertise that I developed during yeah. that time but to bring it now to to other people so that they can benefit from it and the, one of the things i'm absolutely passionate about with with my own clients is is to really help them to not only be successful in their businesses or in their careers but also to 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 live successful lives mm. and to make sure that the legacy that they leave behind is the legacy that they really really want to leave behind mm. and not leaving it to chance
1: absolutely um, now that you've been doing this for 16 years, tell me about a couple of the hard moments and some teachings that you took from those as you move forward.
2: Well, I, th- I think that the, you know, when you, particularly when you leave the corporate life and, you know, the role that I had, and then suddenly you kind of move out and starting your own business and all the challenges of starting your own business, because, you know, you, you may be the greatest coach. <laughs> the world. If, yeah, I'm not saying I am, but you may well be, but if you can't actually sell your services, ah. you're never going to get a client, mm-hmm. right? So you've got to really understand, you know, to to kind of be really focused on who am I actually working with? Mm. You know, who's my target market? And I think that the one thing that I learned, probably the hard way, is is to be a lot sharper about that from the very beginning. Mm. Because I think you need to be really clear about exactly who my customer is. What does my customer look like? And also what are the what are the needs that I satisfy for that very specific customer? Because otherwise you tend to be, you know, kind of all things to all men. And and yeah. then you don't get known for being anything. Mm-hmm. And you know, and people kind of, oh, I didn't know you did that, or oh, do you do that? Or do you do, or, do, you do, do this? And and I, th- I think, you know, you make the mistake. And I, th- I think it's kind of human nature at the very beginning is that, you know, obviously you're trying to generate cash flow. So, you know, kind of anybody who's upright and breathing and will listen to you <laughs> as a potential customer. Right? Right. <laughs> but, but you realize after a while that, you know, the, the, the sharper you get your own message about what you actually help people do mm. and to be really clear about what you do and by definition what you don't do. And mm. and I think that that's one of the things that I learned is that, yeah, you know, sometimes you get asked, well, you know, could you do this? I mean, for example, I mean, at one stage, I I managed a sales force of there was you know, over four hundred people, right? Oh wow! And mm-hmm. so yeah, okay. Somebody said, well, can you 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 can manage sales forces? And somebody asked you, well, because of that, would you do this particular piece of work? And I made the mistake kind of early on of kind of saying, yes, I I will do that. But then you realize it's not actually in your lane of expertise. Mm to mm-hmm. train people to do it. It's a different thing oh. to know to do it, right? right? And and I think that you've got to be very very clear about the space that you're in, the expertise that you you you, you that that you bring to that. And and also be really clear about the things that you don't do, right? Mm-hmm. So that would be one. The other one that I and I would bring this to to anybody that I that I work with is that to understand, you know, in the the process of actually building your business, what are the what are the four or five key things that you need to make sure that you do habitually, right? Mm. And then you actually really disciplined to focus in on those four or five key things, because you know any business, it doesn't matter how big or how small. You know we tend to think that you know big businesses are just so much more complex, and yes, they are in some ways, but fundamentally. You know, mm-hmm. I also, you know, I always listen to Warren Buffett. He said, you know, in any any business, I think mean, it's good enough for Warren Buffett. It's probably good enough for me. <laughs> oh, but right. in any business, there are, you know, there are probably five or six. He, I think he says five or six things that you need to have in your dashboard. And if you manage those things and keep those moving forward, the chances you will have a very successful business. And I think that's so true. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes we overcomplicate it. And yeah. sometimes we begin also to Chase the shiny new toy. Somebody, oh, I have a great idea. Why don't you? And you get distracted. So I think it's being really clear about the small number of things that are going to make the biggest impact in your business Mm. and refocusing on that. And the third thing, if you allow me just kind of do the third one, which is a real hobby horse of mine, is daily rituals. Mm. What are the things that you do every single day to set your day up? Now, you know, one of the things that I've known, I'm sure that you've come across as Liz as well in your work, is that All successful people have daily rituals. Mm -hmm. They can be different daily rituals, obviously, but they all have daily rituals that they figure out for themselves what it is that actually helps them to to really set up their day and to close off their day. Now, for some people, it's exercise. For other people, it's meditation. Other people, it's yoga. Mm -hmm. Other people, it's prayer. Other people, it's reading. Other people, it's walking out in the countryside. It doesn't matter what it is, but know what it is that works for you because... Mm you know, we have to think of ourselves in terms of managing our own energy mm. and managing our own vitality. And and it's really critically important that you're doing things to kind of kickstart your day mm. and also to close down your day. And I think they're really important things to keep in mind. And I would always really, really anybody I work with, I would really focus in on saying, okay, what are the things that are going to actually really kickstart your day? Mm. Because Otherwise, you just kind of arrive at your day right? right and you know and we you know we power up and kind of power up our computers, mm-hmm. we you know you know charge our batteries, we do all that. Well, what do we do for ourselves so we 've got to mm. apply the same thing to ourselves and really understand what it is and and creating your own daily rituals that are going to ensure that your day is being kicked off the right way and that you're going to optimize that. So that a very long-winded answer to your question, sorry.
1: <laughs> That's okay. I have so many follow-ups now. <laughs> <laughs> so starting with your first one, you know, being real clear about who you work with and and what you do. Who currently is your ideal client that you're working with?
2: Well, I the the the, the ideal client for me would be the Corporate world, so I do a mm-hmm. lot in the in the corporate world. So it's kind of, anybody who's running a leadership team, now that kind of incorporates people running businesses, mm-hmm. uh, because some of my clients are business owners that they, they're 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 large organizations, but they are where there's a, a cross functional team. So mm-hmm. I really work with the leader and I work with the cross functional team to really help them to you know deliver what they say they're going to deliver, but also to set themselves up that they're going to continuously deliver mm-hmm. into the future. And one of the things that we do track is that we track the performance to potential. So because whatever level you're getting a performance right now, the potential is always slightly higher. So it's yes. actually understanding what is the gap between the current performance and the potential performance. And it's, it really is focusing in on how do we unlock that gap in a team to actually make sure that it's really, really, you're closing that gap all of the time to really ensure that they are working in the right way, they're focused on the right things, they've got the, you know, they're, 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 they're getting the right resources, but they're also delivering on very, very clear results that yeah. they're all aligned to. And, you know, when I talk about alignment, very often you find that teams are not fully aligned, not unintentionally, but everyone sees the, uh, the priorities from their own perspective. Mm-hmm. But as a leadership team, you've got to see it from the overall organizational perspective rather than just my division. So yeah. it's really important to get that alignment then you also got to get the culture right. So mm-hmm. you know the culture doesn't happen by accident. It's right. designed and you've got to be very intentional about the sort of culture that you want. So that's that's what I that's what that's who I work with and that's what I help them do.
1: Okay. I like it. Now are there certain rituals or business habits that you know translate from one to another that you find are the most effective like if you're coaching five people in a week and you find yourself saying this particular one or two over and over in way of business habits to build their success
2: there's a couple in there i think first i think the first one is being really really clear about mm. what success looks like for you uh, right uh-huh. so when you're talking about you know you know, we use when we're doing the teamwork, we actually use the whole metaphor of Formula One racing and we use the mm. call the meetings the pit stops. But one of the things that's that's easy to understand if you take Formula One or NASCAR, or whatever it might be, is that what does winning mean? It means going being first across the <laughs> the, 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 the winning line. <laughs> Terribly easy to understand. <laughs> right. So in a team environment then you can say okay so what does winning mean for me as an individual or for the team? In maybe three months, six months, 12 months' time. So, really being clear about what sex success looks like, and then being really clear about okay, so if that's what success looks like. What are those small number of things that I've got to focus in on to make sure that I'm really, really, you know, focusing in on those mm. and putting my energy into those, and that my schedule reflects those? Because sometimes. We kind of mm-hmm. say, okay, well, these are the things that are really important, but then you look at your schedule and you kind of say, well, that's not kind of reflected in how you're spending <laughs> your time, right? <laughs> right? So, how do you how do you do that? So, and I I work with my clients kind of on on kind of three month chunks, mm-hmm. so that you know because it's yeah yeah we set goals for the year, but also over the next three months, what is right. it that you really want to achieve? So, I think it is being really clear about the the priorities being mm-hmm. really clear about what success looks like, being really clear about the things that you need to do every day to actually ensure that. And then beyond that, it's kind of looking and saying, okay, well, who are the stakeholders in that? Now, it might be your mm-hmm. team that you're managing, right? right? It could be your boss. It could be other people in the organization. Who do you ma- how do you manage those relationships to ensure that, you're, that all, of, all of your stakeholders mm-hmm. are aligned to actually help you achieve, Right. And then the third would be very much around their own personal habits. You know, how do you, how do you organize yourself? How right. do you set yourself up? It's going back to my daily rituals a bit. Yeah. But also, how do you set up your week? How do you actually ensure that the week just doesn't run away from you? Because, you know, for all of us, being busy is not a challenge, Liz, is it? I mean, no, let's face yeah. it, that's, that's not a challenge for any of us. Sorry. Right. But being effective is a challenge. Yeah. So, how do you make sure that your week is set up mm. in a way? that it's going to be successful for you and it's going to be successful for your for your team that you're leading. So they'll be some of the key things that I focus in on when I'm working with Lions.
1: Mm, I like that. Do you have anything currently that's like a fun new project?
2: Well, I, I am actually doing a, a series. What I'm doing actually is with the podcast is that I started doing um, mm. some recordings with leaders about how they have managed through COVID Oh, and yeah. what are the what are the challenges they're finding, and how they've managed <laughs> it, and how they've led their teams, and and it's a really interesting piece mm-hmm. of work. Um, so that that would be something that 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 I'm, I'm finding really interesting. And the second thing that I'm that I'm doing is that, you know, with everything that's got that's that's gone on with the whole kind of George Floyd and everything that mm-hmm. that followed on from that, the whole yeah. area of diversity and inclusivity, and and I, I realized I'm mean, I put my hand up and say that. That whole issue of diversity and inclusivity, you know, I didn't bring it into the, the work I was doing with teams. Mm. Um and yeah, you know, be very honest and say that that kind of struck me that's a real gap. Just because mm. it wasn't really hitting my radar. But when you see something like that, you realize it's an integral part of working with teams. Yeah. So in fact, I'm just this week I'm about to 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 study mm. um and get certified um for diversity and inclusivity. And the reason that's I'm all. doing that is not that I I want necessarily want to practice as practitioner in that field but you you realize that you actually don't know as much as you should know and that your surface your knowledge is very surface just below Mm -hmm. the surface right so I really want to make sure that you know as I as I include it in the work that I'm doing with teams that I'm doing it from a position of being you know better educated than I currently am so there are two things that are kind of very important to me personally and that I'm really enjoying doing
1: very timely, also. So, absolutely. <laughs> What's the name of your podcast?
2: It's a life and a living. Okay. And, uh, and, and the reason that I call it that is that I, I think that it's, you know, when, you, when you're looking at coaching in the, in the business world, you mm-hmm. know, it, it can be very much about the, 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 the living, making a living part. Yeah. But sometimes we forget we actually have a life. <laughs> and and, and it's always that challenge to actually get both so to yeah. me the success is about is about both mm-hmm.
1: absolutely i think uh, entrepreneurs and people in corporate america struggle with that equally as well it's a it's a good reminder
2: well i think it is and i mean i i'm not a fan of the work li- work-life balance because it's, it right. suggests that there's that there's work and there's life and there's not there's <laughs> actually just life you know and right. and, and, and i think it's more it's more coming kind of about how do I get that blend right,
1: mm-hmm. not
2: about getting balance because let's be honest, it's never in balance, right? It's right. so it's actually just getting that blend right.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, how can our community jump on board and support you?
2: Well, this, I'd love to, if anyone's interested to have a chat, I'd love for them to reach out. They can go to my website www.johnmurphyinternational.com, dot com and there's a ton of resources there that that um, you. Be delighted for them to utilize and take advantage mm. of. And if they want to get in touch with me, they can reach out and get me through the website. But if they also want to get me, they can get me at, at john at johnmurphyinternational.com. And I'd be delighted to have a conversation with any of your listeners.
1: Excellent. Well, John, thank you so much for joining me today. It was great to chat with you.
2: Liz, real pleasure. It's an honor to be here. Thank you.
0: Thank you. so much for listening to Leverage to Scale Show. If you are a purpose-driven business owner or professional who would like to have a global impact by being interviewed on our show, Please visit leveragetoscale.com forward slash guest. Now, if you got something out of this interview, would you do me a favor and share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your favorite social network. If you do that, just be sure to tag us with the hashtag leverage to scale. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and pick one winner from each platform. What do you win?